You're listening to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. Hosted by Rev Yearwood, Mustafa Santiago Ali, and me, Antonique Smith. Each week, we host important conversations with innovators, policymakers, cultural influencers, and movement leaders who are leading the way to a 100% clean energy and just world. Welcome to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. I am Rev Yearwood, President and CEO of the Hip Hop Caucus. And I am Anthony Smith, Grammy-nominated singer and actress and activist, a.k.a. your favorite artist. I like that. I like that. <laughs> and also, our other part of this three-part agenda is Mustafa Santiago Ali. Yes, yes, I'm here, Rev. Hey, everybody. I'm hey, Mustafa. Mustafa. Hey, Nick. Hey, hey, hey. Senior Vice President of Hip Hop Caucus holding it down. In Detroit, <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to our radio show and podcast that delivers real talk on climate change and environmental justice. No sides, just the facts and stronger community. Man, I love that. And thank you to WPFW for hosting us here in the studio. And we, a little later on in the show, we should know how much we appreciate them with a big thank you. But thank you also to all of our listeners who tune in each week. We love you all. And we know we have one of the fastest growing shows in the country. So we want everybody to go and check us out at our blog at think100.info. Let me say that again, think100.info. And be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at think100show. I know that's right. Well, I am excited, Mustafa and Antonique. Uh, we have two amazing guests on the show today that are going to share some important information with us. Before we dive into um, our interviews, I want to get started first with Antonique, who is going to share some things happening in our movement. And, Antonique, before you update us and our listeners on those things that you want to share, let me just Mm -hmm. tell you, Mustafa and Antonique, I am so excited right now. Can I tell you why I'm so excited? Why are you so excited, Rev? Well, listen, a lot of things are going on. I know Antonique, Antonique always comes first. And it's sometimes with climate change, she's all this down sometimes in the movement stuff that she brings into the process. She'll say, man, it's floods, earthquakes, and fires, hurricanes. And so oh I'm, my not, God, I'm not excited about that. We want to fix no. that. So I'm not excited about that. But I am excited because today we are 14 days away from the election. Come on now. Hey. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. Oh, I'm oh, so. Yeah. The change going to come. <laughs> come on. Listen, hey. I just want to say this because this, this is nonpartisan. I just want to say this. If you're not on Twitter, there's going to be so much change on the 6th. You need to get on Twitter to see what happens because it's going to explode. Folks going to be talking all this kind of stuff, and they're going to be explaining what's happening and why it happened. But I'm telling you, I'm excited because I can feel it. I can see it. There is a huge this just enthusiasm of of picking young people who are who are man they can't wait I got folks who can't wait to vote man they did they fight so I want to say we got fourteen days I just want to say that's why I'm so excited now mm-hmm. Anthony tell me okay bring, bring, bring me bring me back down right now. <laughs> 
Well, you know, not not too far back down. I have a, a little bit of good news. Okay. Um, you know, like the that. young people, I'm so impressed with our young people. They're yes. out there fighting. They are killing it. So, so from our young people fighting for the planet, the advocates fighting for our oceans, there are a lot of things happening. Um, and just the fact that people are fighting and standing up for each other and for our health and for our existence, I think, is incredible. So that's I, I, we can keep up the excitement in that way. I like that. You know, That's important. Our, yes, that is important. Our kids deserve better, so they are fighting for the planet. And, of course, you know, here comes the bad news, as, as always. The Trump administration is once again trying to hurt our kids by asking the Supreme Court to halt a case brought by a group of young Americans claiming that the federal government needs to do more to confront climate change, which is so true. The Justice Department attorneys filed their motion with the high court on Thursday, less than two weeks before a landmark trial is set to begin in federal court in Oregon. The case was filed by 21 children and young adults. They argue that the federal government is depriving them of their constitutional right by not working to stop catastrophic climate change. I, I mean, just the fact that they wow. did this, I think it's incredible. And that so is. shame on the Trump administration for trying to halt this. Um, but, it, you know, still, I, I feel at least the excitement that, that our young people are out there going hard. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's exciting because yeah. I think that I think a lot of folks think that the only way you can make change is through demonstration. And right. they are showing us that, as we know, I've always said this before, uh, demonstration without legislation leads to frustration. Leads to frustration, but yes. They're, they're also showing <laughs> us that demonstration without litigation leads mm. to frustration. So mm-hmm. I'm so excited because, as we've said many, many times, that this generation realizes that our parents fought for equality in the 20th century. And while we're definitely still fighting for equality in the 21st century, they are now also fighting for existence. And so the fact that they're bringing these cases um, through the court system, literally suing for a, let let that sink in. Let that sink in. They're suing for a future. Like they are literally children. I think the oldest one is between, I think they're they're in the youngest teens up to, I think the youngest is like 22. So these are Mm. young, young people and young young adults who are saying that, listen, by in the next 50 years, the course yep. of action you are doing is yep. so bad that yep. when I am in my 50s or 60s that because you are so uh, inactive and just what you're doing is such a, mm-hmm. a, a crime against humanity mm-hmm. that as a child, mm-hmm. I'm going to put down my games. I'm going to put off my SAT prep. I'm going to put off my, you know, practicing my, my violin. I'm going to put off going to soccer practice or, or, yeah, or, or doing whatever. anything fun All at that age. I mean, that age is, sit in a courtroom you know? to fight <laughs> for my future. Yeah. That yep. is, wow. So, Remarkable. So kudos yep. to those 21 young kudos. people who are suing our government over climate change. So, yep. Anthony, what else is going on in, in the movement? Well, this is the bad news. Okay. Our oceans are choking on plastic pollution. Mm. The world's oceans are infested with this. Listen, with over 5 trillion pieces of plastic. Wow. 
five trillion pieces of plastic currently floating in our oceans around the world. Hold on, hold on, That's, hold on. You said, you yeah. said, five, you said, you say five million pieces of plastic? Over five trillion, Rev, with the T. How is that even? Wow. <laughs> I know. It's unbelievable. That's, that's Currently floating in our oceans around the world. It's just unbelievable. It's equaling around 250,000 tons. And, and that is a conservative number. So it may be even higher. Those pieces of plastic also contribute to climate change because as they are, as they break down, they release methane and other pollutants. And Rev, I know you were recently at an event in New York with our good friend, Adrienne Grenier, who, who right. founded the organization Lonely Whale yep. to P- help fight plastic from, pollution. Yep. From Entourage. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Chase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite shows. Um, they, he has a Stop Sucking campaign. Hey, watch your mouth. Um, I know, right? I know. I feel like I'm cursing. <laughs> but you know what? I like, I, you know what? I appreciate what he's doing. I appreciate what he's doing because he actually, uh, I, well, I like to credit his Stop Sucking campaign watch to your Starbucks. Mouth. I know. <laughs> hey, I didn't create it. He started it. Okay. Oh, oh so but the, but the I like the, to... the campaign is called Stop Sucking. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I didn't, you know, I didn't name it, but yeah, that's gave it a campaign. And I created, I cre- I credit his campaign and the work that he's done with it. That's with Starbucks yeah, that's changing brilliant. their um policy of plastic straws. Starbucks is is rolling out. You know, at, by a certain year, I think it's 2020, but there are going to be no plastic straws. And I think that is, I really think his, you know, making the, the noise he's been making with the stop sucking movement has, um, you know, led to that, um, you know, and, and I'm proud of him. And, you know, we all got to keep fighting and the young people, I'm just, you know, so there is, so it, within the bad news, there was definitely some good news. And, um, you know, that's, that's in the movement update. Well, let me let me add um. one let me add one more <laughs> let me add one more to that. Um, well, and that first of all, kudos to thank you for that. And I think uh, Adrian uh, Grenier is definitely an artivist like yourself. And yes, I, I thank you, uh, you know, Adrian, for your tuning in. We have to. I know we have to. You're going to be on Think One Percent, the coolest show on climate change soon. Yeah. Um, and I know that uh, our our, our our archivist, uh, Anthony, is definitely going to have to ask you some questions about that campaign. And also, the, they, have a, they have a children's camp, I think, that they actually are taking children to um, um, that is beginning to deal with this. So I like the fact that we're getting oh. young people engaged on this issue across the board. But let me just say this, too. Let me add this one piece here. And this, again, this is on kind of the bit of the bad news side of the process where uh, many of you know I am I'm from Louisiana. I was born there, but I'm from from because um, I, I am the first person in my family, not the first first, but I guess I'm kind of the first person in my family who was born in this country, but my family is from Trinidad. And so Trinidad has been dealing with floods um, that have been literally biblical in, in nature. And so it's been, they are dealing with that. It is, they have a, a national disaster and that has been going on. And had two earthquakes. So not only they had wow. flooding, they had two earthquakes. And shout out to many folks, uh, our dear friend Messiah, who was also descended from Trinidad, and Nicki Minaj, who's also descended from Trinidad, and many of the other folks. 
um, who are who are come who are who come from Trinidad like myself. Um, so I just want to lift them up in our prayers and our thoughts for the folks who are in Trinidad and Tobago as they are dealing with those floods. And and you know, I, I guess I guess I got to say this. Uh, you know, one of the things. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's funny. Now, people from the West Indies have a very unique sense of humor. If you know anybody from the Caribbean, they are unique. So I would be remiss if I didn't give a little bit of a West Indian and Tafa, <laughs> who's our, our amazing, uh, 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 who films us here. If you need to please go to think100.info and you can check out his work. He actually films what's going on in the studio as well as the interviews. So check that out. But he's also from the Virgin Islands. Which is another island. That's that the best island. It's it's well, we 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 all Caribbean left today. I'm not gonna start. I, I, I won't start. I won't beat that. I'm gonna today. But so he's from the Virgin <laughs> Islands. But with that, you know, Tafa and Antonique and Mustafa. You know, this flooding. People from the Caribbean are very resilient. So one thing I know yeah. they're probably saying is that, oh God. That's what they were talking Trinidad. Oh God, and I know my mom was probably laughing at my very bad Trinidadian West Indian accent. We'd be, oh God, boy, this rain is too much, but my goodness, it's gonna be some big dashing bush from this. <laughs> All this water. Oh my God. Oh, so- oh my God. Rev, I'm gonna need you to work on that accent, though, Rev. Oh, hold on, there, Don't start. I was, I was gonna talk about Luke Cage now, and the accent's from Luke Cage. Don't, don't, don't get me started now. Don't, don't, don't I can say, oh, stop. Oh don't mean nothing because y'all want to see some bad crib accents. Oh, <laughs> Luke Cage right. too. So, I so you know, don't you know, no bad accents now, Anthony. Definitely got a backlash about that. I'm glad I wasn't Jamaican in the show. Guys. Oh, oh man, I tell you. Lord. Oh, but all jokes That's aside, hilarious. that is, that is, that is real. So, uh, I know my mom is probably telling me never to do that again. I know Dr. Yu is going to say, listen, I probably can't even, probably can't even go home. Uh, to Dr. Ewell's oh, house, that, that kind of accent was ridiculous. Yeah. But it's so true. They probably are saying, that seen bush and, and, and green fig gonna be big, you know, with this water. Uh, <laughs> so that's, so that is what's happening around the globe. But climate change affects all of us. Um, yes. but before we actually get into, you know, our, our, our guests, um, because, um, I have a, a we have, we have, a friend of the caucus, uh, uh, Kieran is here from Green for All. I mean, I would, I would, and I would, and she's going to talk about the green revolution and different things. And I'm so excited because she's fired up, ready to go. And I just, she just, and just ready to make it happen. So I want to hear from her. Yeah, man, we are so incredibly blessed because we have Kareen who's with us from Green for All. I mean, Kareen is just a super powerful nah, sister. Amazing. I can't, I can't some, say Y'all can't see jokes, but she got some fly kicks on in the joint, y'all. She got some fly uh, kicks on. <laughs> With my business. And I know her hair is popping. Hair is Kareen, popping. Kareen, yeah. you and these hairstyles have been giving me life, sis. I try. I can't keep up. So, I, you know, I got to make somebody's Instagram life a little happy. Come on, now. Y'all got to watch her on Instagram, y'all. She be going, All right. her hair is beautiful. <laughs> We're going to do the fashion episode next week. Uh, we got, <laughs> we got Kareem Taylor. Kareem is a policy director for Green for All, incredible organization, celebrating their 10th anniversary, yeah. doing incredible stuff around the Green Revolution. And then we also will have Kelly Miller. Yes, I indeed. can't say enough good things about Kelly. Just love her to death. She's a human rights advocate, but she also brings a different flavor because she's focusing on the homeless population mm. and why we need to get our act together and make sure that our brothers and sisters who are homeless are a part of our planning or a part of our resources yeah. and who are truly a part 
of the love that we should be showing everyone. So I'm excited about the show today. No, that that is powerful. So we're going to hop right into it. And y'all might not know this, and I don't know if Creed knows this, but I was one of the folks when they originally pulled Green for All together. I was a part of that founding group. Uh, they took, yeah, yeah, they took me off. We, we all went to, what, like to a, we went to like an old monastery in like New York at first. I don't know what Van was doing, but we all went up there to like a a church (laughs) in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it was very green though. It was very, it was very, it was very green. That probably was the thing. We could get that honed into us, but that was the beginning. And then we actually then did a summit, um, in Memphis. Um, so it was very, I was very honored. I actually saw Van at Zcast and we actually talked about that. So I'm actually very happy, um, to be a part of that. And, um, you know, cause I, I think it's so important that there was a need 10 years ago for us to, to let folk know that green is not just for folks in one either zip code or green is not just for those who are in Vermont or in Sonoma County or green is green is not for those who wear Birkenstocks, but it was green for all. And so there was a need to create an organization that not only would address that, but also that would make it quite clear um, in that process. So, you know, you know, let us know what that means Kareem, why that's still, is it still important to have a green for all 10 years later? Definitely. Yes. I think it's ridiculously important that, um, as we, you know, you've talked about all these things happening to our climate that not only are we addressing, you know, what's happening to our communities, but we're also making sure that people of color, that women, that low income communities can participate in the the solution and that's what our our work is surrounded is surrounded in is making sure that as we think about solar and wind and energy efficiency and um creating technologies that are going to move us forward away from fossil fuel dependency that it's uh, open and available to every single person and so our work is about making the green sector the clean energy sector equitable and so mm. when we say green for all we want to make sure like you said that everyone's included but that it, everyone has the opportunity everyone is able to understand it and what we are able to do just like you all with hip-hop caucus is we take something that is complicated and very layered and technical and we try to make sure that we can um, connect and appeal with younger people with other people who might not be thinking about you know not only climate change but the clean energy sector as a job opportunity, as a place to create wealth and income as a, as a, as a, as something that they should also be a part of as well. So we're all about jobs, green jobs, clean jobs, and making sure that they're good paying jobs. You know, we just don't want someone to, you know, getting, you know, just get, you know, put a solar panel on the roof, but it's not, you know, keeping your family stable and, you know, keeping you um, able to, pay your bill. So we're thinking about all of those things, wanting it to be equitable, wanting it to be fair, wanting these jobs to, you know, lift up these communities out of poverty. So that's been our focus for the last 10 years. Wow. Wow. So actually, and, and I want Anthony, I want you to follow up Anthony on, on the question, but I actually want to ask Mustafa and you, because people know we have, we have Kareen Taylor here, who is from the policy director for Green for All. He with us on the coolest show on climate change. And I actually, this is, she's family, grief all his family. So I actually want to ask this question for both you, Kareem and Mustafa. Yeah. You know, this is, cause this is something that you both, you know, this is a sector that is, you both are preaching. And I know from before the hip hop caucus, he's always preaching this as well, is that how are everyday people seeing climate change impact their lives? So Korean first, and Mustafa, give us your background on that as well. Well, we, you know, you guys were just talking about it. We've got communities of color right now still 
facing hurricanes almost every single week. North mm. Carolina, South Carolina, Crazy. Florida, the islands. My family's Jamaican, you know, like so many of our of our uh, if it's not us directly, it's someone that we know is being impacted every single day by some type of extreme condition, even beyond hurricanes and storms. These are heat, you know, the heat waves and all of these other kinds of things out west, the the massive amounts of forest fires that are happening that are mm-hmm. uncontrollable. But even beyond the extremities of these circumstances, we're also seeing it at the gas pump with increased gas prices. Mm. We're seeing it um when we go and buy grocery stores and our fruit and our vegetables are more expensive. Even something like if someone likes bacon that's being impacted by climate change because a large portion of our um the pork industry is based in north carolina and they got they they were you know definitely impacted by all those storms that hit them there and then that's an issue too dealing with you know corporate profits over people in terms of how that pollution and the waste from those uh pork farms are being dealt with too so there's a lot of layers in terms of how we see climate change impact us every single day mustafa want to add something to that there are so many ways that folks are being impacted you know, from the 500- and 1,000-year floods that continue to happen everywhere from Ellicott City, you know, all the way down through North and South Carolina, and now coming into Texas is here in a, in a couple of days, you know. And then also folks need to always remember, and I so appreciate So you're saying 500- and 1,000-year floods that should be happening every 500- and 1,000 years. That's happening every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they should be, but now they're happening year after year after year. Wow. and in very similar locations so Mm. you know for the climate deniers we know that you know they are being driven by the fossil fuel industry those are the ones who are usually you know paying their bills and and paying those salaries and that's the only reason that both the politicians and others are you know saying you know what isn't true when they know what is true but besides that you know we've got these severe uh heat events that continue to happen as well putting stressors on our seniors and on vulnerable communities and children and so many others And then there's the extra layer now that goes on top because of climate change of all these impacts that have been happening inside of vulnerable communities around air pollution uh, and ozone and the impacts that happen, you know, both the breathing difficulties, cancers, uh, liver and kidney diseases. All these things are being sort of supercharged because we have these additional impacts that are happening. And, you know, on the conservation side, we're losing many traditional folks who are hunter and fishermen are losing uh, their abilities to be able to, you know, uh, do um, many of their cultural practices. So that's why the work that's happening is so important. But we have to stay focused on our most vulnerable com- communities. Unfortunately, they have been and continue to be the canaries in the coal mine. They are the ones who are getting hit first and worst uh, and the ones who, unfortunately, uh, we have to find ways of being able to sort of mitigate uh, and alleviate these impacts that are happening, or we're going to continue to lose not just thousands of lives, but we may be in a position based on the IPCC report that we will begin to lose millions of lives. Wow. Wow. I know, and you had a question for Kareem when we talked about in our production meeting. Yes, yes, Kareem. Uh, millions of people are going to vote in the midterms, and we're all believing for change, hoping that they vote in their best interest. Because <laughs> we all know what that means, that people vote in their best interest, uh, then we know which way everything's going to go, the right way. Um, I know Green for All and the Love Army launched the Climate Refugees Vote Campaign. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Wow. Well, for sure, yeah. This year, um, we just launched the Climate Refugees Campaign and also the My... Before you get to that, I, I just love anything with love. 
So what's the love army? I, I, okay. I'm, I'm with that. <laughs> so um, <laughs> love is everything. Love is everything. <laughs> Green for all and the love army are initiatives of the Dream Corps, and we all work to kind of work at social justice from different angles. And what's that? Um, social justice. Dream Corps. Now, yeah. Oh, the Dream Corps is just an initiative um, that uh, was founded by Van Jones, and we uh, have been working in areas of criminal justice. We've been working on um, climate and environmental justice, and Love Army specifically came up out of just a lot of the discontent that came out of the 2016 elections, and people not want, knowing how do we, you know, move forward? How do we do this with love? How do we come together um, in a positive way? And so, Love Army, our that goal and organization is used to kind of lift up. Um, and power and movement through love, through like racial consider, um, just, you know, coming together and also doing it in a positive way. Instead of having all this negative, contentious, angry, angerness that we're so used to right now, it's doing things in a positive way. I love that. I just want to yeah. say, I love it because I just, you're breaking down the silos. I love, I love that component of that, how that works in that, in that mm-hmm. process. So that's very, very important, um, work. And I love how that is connecting those dots. And then, as, as so, and these questions, so how does climate refugees fit into all that? Sure. Like last year in 2017 alone, one million people, one million Americans were displaced because of extreme weather with wow. hurricanes, with storms, all of that. And of that one million, 300,000 just came from Puerto Rico and all the wow. Puerto Ricans that were impacted by uh, Hurricane Maria and Florence and all those kinds of things down there. Wow. They came to this, to this, to this, to the, um, to the states here, mainly in Florida, mainly in New York, those kinds of places. And so three, 300,000 people now who are U.S. citizens have the ability to use their voice to now vote. Um, you know, all the issues, but mainly climate change because they've, def- they've uh, been directly impacted by it. So the, right. um, the the initiative that we had in Florida with around um, activating those uh, climate refugees was to not only mobilize and educate them, but lift up their stories and share why they should think about climate justice, environmental justice, making sure that their local, their state, their federal, their governors, all of the elections that are happening in Florida, why they should think about climate change when they're voting. Wow. So I need to, I need to back this up. First of all, Anthony, that was a great question. And I need, I need you to unpack that because on this show, we have a lot of young people who are just sometimes coming into this movement and they're hearing these things. And, you know, we want to create that pool where folk can deep off, jump into the deep end, but then there's also the little shallow end as well. And so let me just make sure I heard what you said. There are, so this is for, I know our country, we get, we've got real high and mighty in America about how well <laughs> we're doing, but the question for Antonique was that we have climate refugees. Yeah. And then, so that's key that in this country, in America, we have refugees mm-hmm. who, yeah. who are displaced because of climate change. And yeah. last year alone, there were a million people Crazy. who literally, who were in their homes, you know, living their lives and then ended up now literally wandering and and i mean not not able to go back home and so you're not only dealing with the fact of how they and, and for me having literally worked with and dealt with hurricane katrina i i know this firsthand this process but what you're saying is that there, there were over 300,000 alone i'm i'm rocking a political hat today in, in the studio um but there were 300,000 alone from puerto rico you're not only trying to help them to recover but wherever they are 
try to help them from a from a from a democracy standpoint mm. to use Rest their voice yeah. even in their refugee status to create change. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um those 300,000 American citizens from Puerto Rico who are now here on the continental United States have the right to vote and they have the right to mobilize and to express themselves through the ballot box. And so just uh right after Congressional Black Caucus, I got on a flight and headed down to Orlando, Florida, and we had a rally there where we brought together um the Puerto Rican community that was there, um, some other immigrant communities from other countries, too, just to talk about how they as Americans are contributing. And, you know, the the slogan was we we to our America, you know, everything is about um, we are hearing make America great again and what American is. But people of color, people from all over the place have come here throughout the history of this country and have made it mm-hmm. great. And so our event in Orlando was to mobilize that community there in Central Florida to get them registered to vote, to educate them on the issues and then to excite them about um, about voting. And so it was a really great time. We had some really imp- impactful Puerto Rican, um, uh, reggaeton artists come perform as well too. And it, we've had, you know, people share their cultural dance and all of that just in this one day. But that was just the beginning of a larger effort that we have to um, mobilize and to register as many uh, folks as we can there in Florida. And, um, also we have what's called the, um, My Climate Cost campaign where we're asking people to share their stories on how climate change is impacting them every single day, whether it's like we said, with all of these extreme weather things, but the small things that, you know, add up financially for people who are already cash strapped, you know, Mm. working, you know, working however many jobs to make their bills, um, to make their bills meet, but also, you know, are now having to pay more at the grocery store, now having to pay more at the gas station, having Uh. higher insurance uh, rates because of what's going on in their area or not even receiving coverage from their insurance companies when they're flooded. So we're seeing climate change impact us in so many ways. And that effort in, in Florida was definitely to lift up this really, really unique and unfortunate issue that we unfortunately know is going to happen more and more every single year. Wow, wow. So uh, this actually will lead into, we actually later on the show have Kelly Miller, who's a human rights advocate, and is going to deal, like Musafa said, around these issues regarding homelessness and climate change. And I think all this stuff ties into that. And we're going to, so please stay tuned for that part of the conversation. Karina, I do have a conversation. This actually for you and Antonique, and it's Mm -hmm. very similar fashion. I know one of the campaigns um, that's there is the Moms Mobilize yeah. campaign. But I actually want you, I want you to speak on that. Yeah. But actually, for you and Antonique, I, I, I guess for y'all, you know, as Mustafa would say, and this will be his, I'm, I'm a, since he's, he's, he's in Detroit and he's doing, he's actually on the line, but I'm going to use a Mustafa thing, voice, say, you know, real talk is what we, what we, <laughs> what we have. And so, uh, and so we want to have a little bit of that right now. And for me, um, you know, this show, is so important because it's it's people of color um, who are having this conversation. But particularly for you, Anthony, y'all are both women of color. And, mm-hmm. you know, just to be blunt, and this is not to offend anybody, and this, this is just from my perspective, is that, you know, women of color, women in general, let me just be very clear, are powerful. There is no movement without women. Women are powerful. Our movements have been too patriarchal and too many men have been trying to lead. And I think they're getting in the way. And I think more mm-hmm. women who can get out there and lead, then we will have a much safer and better world. That's just my little soapbox. But with, without, with saying that, I want to say to you, in this movement, um, there are a lot of young women um, who are listening to this show now, young women of color 
who are coming up and they're listening to, wow, how can I be like Karina policy director and, and do all the great things that she did? I, I, I gotta go to, I gotta go to law school. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go to grad school. I gotta be an ethnique who's a you know, Grammy nominated singer. You know, I, you know, I, I, I gotta get a Grammy. I gotta act on Notorious or Luke Cage. You know, I, I, I gotta be big time to do this work. So I need y'all to speak to the young women of color who don't see themselves in the climate change movement. They don't, they, they, and if they are in the movement, they feel on the fringes. I need y'all yeah. to speak to those young women. So, Kareem first and Antonique, I need y'all to speak to these, to young, you can just, right now, y'all have the mic, speak to young women who are asking you the question, do I have a space in the climate movement? And the answer to that is, of course, yes. And as to your point, Rev, like, we know for a fact, especially coming out of the environmental justice and the, gla- the grassroots communities that have been doing this work for decades, that it's been women at the forefront, you know, because we're the we're the caregivers. We're the people who, you know, are taking care of our, our nieces and our nephews or our own children or our grandparents. So we see directly how, you know, dirty air is impacting us when we have children who have high rates of asthma. We see, you know, we're the ones that might have to stay home if, you know, our, our daughters or our children can't go to school because they have an asthma attack or something's wrong or they're not doing well. Mm. So we're already facing the brunt and taking on so much more responsibility than most people anyway. So in terms of, you know, do you have to go to law school? No, I, you know, my law degree helps me in a number of ways, but it doesn't change how strong my voice is or how loud my voice is. We have access to all of the information, you know, with social media being the way it is, with the internet being the way that it is, with, you know, news, news cycles being 24 seven, information is there. And it's just connecting something, you know, that you see and you read to making it, you know, come to your daily, your life every single day. I know when I'm in Harlem, when I'm in, when I'm here in DC, when I go home to Chicago, when I travel anyway, I make it my, make it my business to walk that neighborhood. I take take a run or go for a brisk walk or whatever. And to see our communities having liquor stores and no grocery stores and no green parks, mm. all of those kinds of things, those are climate justice issues, not having access to, to parks, not having access to good, healthy food, you know? And I think yeah. we need to just take away all of the, the big acronyms here that we use in the Beltway and all these big terms right. sometimes and just bring it down to can you breathe? Can you, can you drink water? The kids in Flint, how many years has it, has it been since they've had water and also knowing that Flint has been is everywhere there's so many places right now that are having right. those issues so yes every single one of us in this room is a climate activist if we want to go outside and breathe air mm-hmm. you know we need that water we need to eat healthy food so if this movement has room for everyone and if you feel like there isn't space for you then you need to kick the doors down and force your way at these tables to help make some of these decisions I know that's because right. we're here that's and you right. know we're we're small in number of, uh, us of those that are just you know here federally but nationally internationally it's people of color it's women that have been doing this work so yes there's space for you and if you need to find out about how to do this work contact us and we'll definitely plug you in definitely and to, the, and to that yes. shoot Kareem said it all but not only <laughs> Not only is there a space for you, but we need you. Mm-hmm. And and you don't have to, to be Grammy actor or nothing. I, the, partly the reason why I do what I do, I'm using my, my platform to the, to, to the women of color listening. I'm doing this to inform you and inspire you to join. Like, that's partly why I do what I do. Um, so, yeah, so you don't need that kind of resume in order to do it you could be doing whatever it is that you do in life we need you and so i'm hoping that 
that you seeing me do what I do and, and um, you know, standing up and using my voice in this movement will inspire you to do the same wherever you are, whatever you're doing. So I want to thank Kareem for being with us. You are always welcome. Thank you, Kareem. You know what I'm saying? To be with us. Um, you know, you can, you can, you can keep hanging with us if you want the rest of the show. You want to, you don't gotta, I know you got those snazzy sneakers on, but you don't gotta, you don't gotta leave right now. But we do have an amazing, a guest, Kelly Miller, and I, and I want to give, this is a, when I heard Kelly was going to be on the show and was somebody giving me some background, I was very excited, um, about that. Um, is Mustafa, are you there? Yes, I'm here. So I actually, Mustafa, you know, Kelly Miller is a human rights advocate. I actually, Mustafa, I think you should, you know, kind of give a look, ask Kelly, Kelly can do so herself, but I want you to ask her the first question, um, so that we can kind of get a little, little more, this, this how, how important Kelly's voice is in this process. Yeah, you know, uh, Kelly, if you could just sort of share a little about, about where you come from, but can you also talk about, you know, we often talk about vulnerable communities on the show, and to be honest, it doesn't really get to the same level as when someone is homeless and, and really being vulnerable. So can you also talk a little bit about the environmental impacts that our homeless brothers and sisters have to deal with? As you mentioned, it's more important to hear the voice of an actual person than it is to hear the voice of someone who uh, is assuming what they think they know because they're not always correct in what they know. And someone who actually, like myself, um, I am a female homeless individual. Um, I am not a drug addict. I am not a mental patient. I am going through a journey. And I'm from eastern Kentucky coal mountains in Paintsville, Kentucky, a small little town. And um, the the things that I have experienced as a homeless female um, are very detrimental to your psyche and your and your emotions. And um, you wouldn't believe that society has outcast people as much as it has uh, with the homeless title. And uh, as a female, you're even looked down upon more, and society here shows us that by providing more for the males than the females. Mm. A lot of people don't look at the things that actually affect homeless people. And, um, you know, we are in the environment 24-7. So who more than the homeless person that is going to experience the environment at its best and its worst? Kelly, say it again. I think you just said something that was so profound. You said, we are in the environment 24-7. Say that part again. We as homeless individuals are in the environment 24-7 at its best and its worst. Uh, we don't get a break from it. We don't get to get in our cars and drive home and go to bed. We're not on a camping trip. We don't just get to do it until we're tired of it. We are in this journey until we complete it. It is not a life sentence. We, we, we are not a homeless community forever. We are simply journeying through this for different reasons, domestic violence, um, divorce, uh, economics. We have a huge economic issue with uh, housing. There is no affordable housing. People are having to gather up and, and have multiple jobs and live, multiple people live in the housing um, just to sustain themselves and to make it. And that's the government's fault for the lack of government, uh, non-government. I'm all about non-government housing. 
we need to be able to sustain ourselves. And if we work hard, then we should be able to have the basic needs that we need met. One of the things that people don't realize is we don't have access to water and sanitation. And a lot of people, you know, they don't want to see us because we're dirty mm-hmm. or we have a lot to carry. I have an exceptional lot to carry and it hurts my back. Mm-hmm. My feet swell. I have, you know, I walk funny. These are things that you you suffer because you're having to carry your home on your back. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that. They don't allow for it, and they are very disrespectful for it. And it, it needs to be changed. Uh, the, the view in society needs to be changed. We need to start with our middle school and our high school and, and train people how to sustain themselves should they become a journey uh, of homelessness or their friend. Because we're not trained. And yes, we have government programs. Uh, we have them everywhere. However, they are not adequate government programs. They do not fit the needs of the homeless people. What they do is they wear you down. Mm. You don't accomplish anything as a homeless person. I'm sorry. No, Kelly, you are, you are, no, no, Kelly, you are, you, you, you are, you are saying something that I think people need to hear. Um, I know, I know, I want most of to ask another question, but I have a question for you as, as you're hearing about, and you very, pro, in a very profound fashion say that we're in the environment 24-7. As people, as we are dealing with climate adaptation and how we can adapt to the climate, I'm actually, you made a, a point about if you're, if you're homeless, people can to me that we had the, the president had his, um, his texting message that went out and we had the things with FEMA. But then if you're thinking about what happened with Hurricane Michael or Hurricane Florence, I guess for you, from your standpoint, how would people who are homeless like move? Like if they, if they have to like, how would that even like maybe get some insight for people how hearing about a, a category five hurricane or some flooding coming your way, how would that affect the homeless community? Well, unfortunately, a lot of times the homeless community is left out and, um, a lot of times they have to fend for themselves when those situations happen. But we are not a one-week or one-day uh, environmental issue. We are 24-7. You know what I'm saying? Like um, the people who experience um, hurricanes and earthquakes and things of this nature, mm-hmm. um, they actually have resources that assist them to get back into housing and structures to where most of the time they're not as unfortunate as to be homeless. They are provided for in some manner. There are several, though, that become homeless as a direct result. And homelessness is feels as if it is a punishment. Mm. We have criminalization. We we have desocialization. Uh, we have so many things that we are, are brought with from society and we haven't done anything wrong except to be poor. Mm-hmm. And to be punished for being poor is is ludicrous um, because we should not be judged on what we have and we don't have or where we've been and what we've done, but who we are. That's right. So, Kelly, I know that you also are very proactive um, and you are focused on making real change happen. Can you talk a little bit about the advocacy and engagement that you've been doing with the uh, federal agencies and others? Um, since I've came to D.C., I came here um, on a, a litigation uh, from um, I was wronged back in Kentucky, and I came here with a, a judgment that I won. And um, I came here fighting for my justice, and I picked up the homelessness venue 
as a homeless person, and I started going to as many organizations that I could and saying, what can I do? This needs to be done because I'm experiencing it, and I'm seeing others experience it. So I started going different places, uh, U.S. Human uh, Rights Network, uh, Environmental Justice Coalition for Water, uh, the National Law Center for Homelessness and Poverty, uh, the EPA Environmental Justice, and speaking, I uh, spoke to UN Special Rapporteurs and the Inter-American Commission for Human Rights, trying to get a voice for the homeless mm. because we're not being heard. We're having people who know nothing about homelessness make decisions, what they think we need or we want, that kind of prods us as cattle. And we're not cattle. We're human beings. We all have individual reasons. We had lives before this happened to us. Uh, we had, you know, education and experiences and skill sets. We didn't lose any of that. We just lost our shelter over us. And, you know, we shouldn't be punished for that. And that's one of the main things the public needs to know. And so I have been speaking with several different programs. I lobbied for and got a uh, round table with the environmental justice organization, and we have seen positive results with that. They are now including homelessness uh, as a agenda that they had not before. And in the upcoming mid-November, the RFP should have something in it. I want to make sure I say it correctly. You can expect to see actual evidence of EPA EJ's commitment to include homelessness and homeless populations within our broader view of environmental justice in the upcoming release of our 2019 environmental justice small grant solicitation. The RFP should be released in mid-November. And that was Matthew TJ. And I am very excited about that. I'm glad that we are finally getting in the pocketbook of the EPA. Once you get in that pocketbook, it's a snowball, baby. So that's what I, my goal is, is to get in there and get recognized as homelessness and homeless individuals so that we can get the money we need, the resources we need. And I'm going to plug one more thing, Mustafa. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for letting me do this. Uh, one of the things is the Franklin Park, which is what is called the Homeless Park, is shutting down. Now, recently, we have the New York Presbyterian Church has uh, developed a program. It's a drop-in center that is going to be opening mid-November for the homeless. It'll be open Monday through Friday, and 9 to 5. Just make sure for those who are listening around the country, Franklin Park is in Washington, D.C. Yes, it's on 14 and K Street. It's the biggest little park in that area, and it's known as the Homeless Park. Um, many people from Maryland, uh, D.C., and Virginia, organizations, churches, individuals, know to come there to meet the homeless to give us the things that we need. Uh, and it's usually of the evening through the week, and it's always on Saturday and Sunday on the weekend. We do not have a viable solution to when the park closes for where we can go to get those needs met. And no one is speaking up and saying that for us. Yes, the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church is a wonderful, wonderful thing. We have needed a place to go get showers and a place to do laundry. But homelessness, people, is not 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. Wow. So this is actually very important. This is actually, first of all, you're listening. This is that's, That was Kelly Miller, who's a human rights advocate, who is homeless, um, but uh, definitely not hopeless, for sure. She is amazing um, and in here speaking truth to power and bringing a different side to this discussion. I know that Mustafa has been talking about doing some writings, looking forward to that on homelessness and the environment. I do have a, a closing a closing question um, for, for you. Um, this wouldn't be 
Um, and Kareen is still here. If he can chime in, and this actually for both of we close out, wouldn't be the coolest show on climate change. Uh, if I didn't ask you what kind of music you listen to. So I know you're from Kentucky. So you might get some bluegrass here. Ken, I don't know. I know you really know. I know Kareen from Shah, but, but what, what, what music? If, if you can pick a song to motivate you, Kelly, and also for this is for Kareen, and sorry, sorry, Kelly, what song would you want to hear? I'm a kid rock girl all the way. Okay. All right. What song, Kid Rock? What, what, your... Anything. Anything. All right, we got we, we got we got to get Kid Rock's politics together. But I, I want you on. I want you <laughs> oh, on. I'm, I'm not talking about his politics. <laughs> just his music. Kareem, <laughs> <laughs> what music inspires you oh. to do this to do this work? Like Golden Time of Day by um, Frankie Beverly and Mays is mm. like the words in that song. Like when you find that time in your life, you know when you know who you are. That's the cold. That's the golden time of the day. Like. That song really kind of rubs me up. So, wow. Yeah. Well, I want to give you Antonique, as you know, is is the is one of our great co-hosts on the show, and she is the only one who can sing. <laughs> I think Mustafa thinks he can sing, but she's the only one who really can sing. So, I want to dedicate this song to both you, Kelly, and to Kareem. And it's our song as we go out here on Think One Percent, the coolest show on climate change. Thanks for joining us this week on Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change, a hip-hop caucus platform. Let's keep this important dialogue going. Be a part of the conversation by following us on social media at Think100Show and at Hip Hop Caucus. Visit our website at think100.info for blog content, information on upcoming events, or to connect with us. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever podcasts are available so you'll never miss an episode. Rate and review us or simply tell a friend. Climate change impacts all of us. And if we think 100%, we can achieve a 100% sustainable and just world together. Think 100, think 100, think 100, think 100.